But I remember not too long ago when going up one flight of stairs, I needed an oxygen tank up at the top just so I could move uh, one foot in front of the other afterwards. Yeah. So I've been on both ends of this and I would much rather um, give up a little bit of freedom to put that time into exercise because of how much better it makes me feel. Yeah. yeah. The two things, it's, it's the routine and it's a, it's a discipline that is so hard to get into your life. I don't know, sometimes they say you do something for 21 days. I guess it depends on what you're doing for 21 days for that to become a habit. Uh, for me, exercise, it took longer for that to become something I do normally, but I've fallen out of that routine. Things come in and they, um, they just, I mean, I go on a mission trip and sometimes getting up early in the morning and doing, and all of a sudden 12 days, 15 days, and you get back and you're busy, then suddenly it's three weeks you've been out of this routine. And so it's really, you need to have that discipline to maintain the routine uh, to do this because it does make you uh, physically feel better. Um, and there's a lot to say about the way you perceive yourself in the mirror. Oh, I, yeah. know, I know when I look in the mirror, I can just start to see it in my face that uh, not looking the way I want to. And it, that's the motivator. And sometimes when I get out of that routine and then say it's a month or two out, and then you start to see that change in your physical appearance. And it's like, I'm not going there again. And then you just got to, it's just a mental limit that I just hit. It's like, nope, no more. And then I, once I get back in, I'm kind of, I go kind of over the board and I just kind of really get really invested into it. And then it's like, you know, six months of no sweets and no soda and all that stuff. And then something happens there you get out of that routine and those bad habits start leaking in again. And then, uh, but, you know, I guess that's the struggle of, of, of life, but um, yeah, it's just being aware of what you need to personally do because everybody's a little bit different on how they do these things. Well, and that's why I think that story of the, of the rich young ruler is so relatable to a lot of people. You know, if, if someone is, I'm just going to, put a number on it. And this is an exact number for everybody. But if you're more than 30 to 40 pounds overweight, you're probably not a person that's going to be able to live in moderation, just to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people buy into this lie of, well, everything in moderation. Well, that's great if, if you can do that. But a lot of people can't. A lot of people have proven to themselves that, you know, they don't, they're not just five or 10 pounds over and they don't have the the mental ability to just say no um, once in a while. So for me, it was all or nothing. And I'll have people say, so you're never going to have a sweet again. And I tell them, that's my plan. If, you know, God willing, I live to be 90 years old. And I go from, you know, from now until then for the rest of my life without ever having another candy bar, a piece of cake, a piece of pie, or any type of sugar. And I'm okay with that. Now, ironically, I probably ate um, enough sugar the first part of my life to make up for five people's lifetimes of sugar. So I, I've had enough of that thing, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of fall into that boat where people that are, that used to be alcoholics, you know, they don't, they don't drink anymore. And the reason for that is because they know that one sip and they're done. Well, I'm the same way with, with sugar. And, and I found that I was kind of the same way with starches as well. Like I still miss French fries and, and pizza. But I know that by simply not indulging in those things, I feel so much better and I have such a better chance at being successful because if I have them one day, chances are I'm going to want them again the next day and the day after that 
and the way that I'm wired, I'm going to say yes to them. And, you know, when Jesus said to that rich young ruler, he said, listen, if you'll give up the thing that's most important to you, you can come follow me and you're going to experience something even better. And I think as Christians, we have to buy into this that, you know what, living a life that is healthy, living a life that we feel good and that we're able to move and do the things that we want to do physically, man, it's worth not having that slice of pizza. It's worth not having those French fries. For some people, it's not. And I think that's that's the crux of the matter is we have to ask ourselves really honestly, what do we actually want in this life? Yeah. So I think like, we are wired a little bit different. So what I found since I, because when I was on Noom, I was on it really hard for about six months. And then I've kind of, because I lost the weight I needed to lose and I didn't feel like I needed to keep going with that. So I, I backed off and I just started to enjoy some of those things that I was, because because I was looking forward to, to having a piece of pizza or two pieces, but yet I can do that. I can stop myself after one or two and not have that craving. Some people are more compulsive to where if they start into that bad behavior, it becomes something they got to have. And I think that where you might find yourself, but uh, for myself, I have been able to go back into a more that moderation type of thing. So if I buy a sleeve of Oreos and I have them in the house, they last me three weeks to a month now, where before four or five days, they'd be, they'd be gone. Um, so four now I can days. have one or two Oreos and feel like, you know what, that's, that's all I need. Um, sure. So that's just the difference between I think you and I, and probably a lot of our, our viewers or everybody falls somewhere in that spectrum of uh, compulsiveness and that, um, things. And I think people know for themselves, you know, where they're at on that. Um, because if I had a, a box of Oreos in my house, that was a, that was a one-time sit down snack for me, you know, with a thing of milk. And that was, and I would just go to town and, and I know that there are people that struggle with that. And there are people that can have the, the two or three and be done. And, and I think that comes back again, though, to that idea of having a plan. So when I started my weight loss journey two years ago, I knew what I was going to eat every day before I left the house. And I was actually disciplined at that time to where I was actually meal prepping for the whole day. So I'd start out with oatmeal and I would pack my snack and I'd pack my lunch and I'd pack my afternoon snack. And then I knew what I was going to have for dinner. Yeah. Um, something else that I did was I never walked into a restaurant without knowing what I was going to order before I stepped over the threshold. That was a huge thing for me yeah. because I found myself, I'd walk in the restaurant with good intentions and I'd fall apart before the ordering happened. Yep. And so when I made that decision, I would look at the menu before and I would pick out the chicken or the salad or whatever was going to be right for my diet. Yeah. And, um, and I would know that I was going to have that. And that way, whenever I got in there, I didn't fall into ordering the cheeseburger and fries like I usually did. Yeah. What Noom says to do is when you're doing that, because I still was going out for lunches with pastors I'd meet and donors and things like that. So I was probably eating out two or three times a week, but they say the key to that is to know what you want, but to order first. They say, when they come to your table, you order that chef salad or something first, instead of waiting for everybody else to order, then you know what, French fries, you know, I can have that burger and fries. That's what everybody else is having. You don't want to feel weird ordering a salad when everybody else is having, you know, so if you order first, that was the key to me going out and eating and having still a reasonable lunch without uh, falling victim to what the other people were eating. 
Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I found for me is that um, starches, carbs are not the enemy. There's, there's good types of carbs. And I think people try to do these low carb diets and they get themselves in trouble because they stop eating fruit and they stop eating vegetables. And God gave us fruit to be nature's candy. You know, fruit is a wonderful thing. Now you can gain weight eating fruit, but you got to eat a lot more of it than what you do of, of Twinkies and, and Snickers. Um, so what I tell people is if you want to lose weight quickly, cut out the starches, you know, let go of the pasta, let go of the potatoes, you know, let go of the grains. Now I do feel like raw oatmeal, it's one of the best things that you can put into your body for your health and for your heart, for your digestive system. I, I, uh, I have consistently had oatmeal over the last two years. Um, but I also will, I try to do smoothies with, uh, you know, with kale and spinach and berries and, and apple. Um, I love doing that. And that gives me some good carbs for my, for my system to burn. Yep. But then I eat a lot of protein and not everybody can do that. I'm, I'm aware of that, you know, but protein isn't just um, hamburger and, and chicken. Protein can also be beans and it can also be some other things like that. So there's a lot of variety of ways that you can get that in. And then you can also afford to eat a little bit more fat with that type of a diet because your body will burn that fat more naturally. The thing that I trip myself up on, and it's something that I have to watch is my intake of like barbecue sauce because barbecue sauce is like drinking soda, right? It's got a lot of sugar in it. And that's kind of my weakness right now, but I'm having to make a decision on whether or not I want to keep it as part of my life or not, because I love the taste, but I also know that it's pulling away from some of my, my other goals. Yeah. Yeah. Let's transition into how this affects your spiritual. Uh, we got probably five or so minutes left. How, how do you think your health, your lack of good health starts to affect your spiritual? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but go into a little bit deeper. How do you think your, your physical health and your spiritual health are connected? Well, you know, what I found was that my, uh, the gluttony, that I allowed into my life, which was a, you know, the Bible says that's one of the seven deadly sins. Um, it's, it's definitely something that was becoming an idol to me. It was taking the place of God in my life. It was connected to some other sin areas. And so when I would give into gluttony and I would feel that shame and that remorse and that just feel frustrated, it would open the door for me to do other things. You know, I, I found that I would become very lazy. I'd become lethargic after I would eat some, eat, a way that I knew that I shouldn't. And I would just kind of shut down and I would just want to watch TV or movies and, and I wouldn't be able to function or do anything else. Or it, you know, it might open up a door to, to, you know, imaginations in my mind or, you know, negative thought processes or thinking about things that I shouldn't have been thinking about. And so it, it was very destructive for me because they were all tied and they were all triggers for the other things. So when I would give into the unhealthy eating, then man, it would trigger the other things to, to come in. And I would find myself in this downward, downward spiral where it was just becoming worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I can kind of see that because when we talk about a mission focused life, it's really living an intentional life to really to serve others. And when you get into those feelings you were just describing, it's all about you. It's all about you, whether you feel good about yourself um, or you feel bad about yourself because of the things you're doing then you're not wanting to go out and help others because you have your own little pity party about how about me and how come I'm like this and your desire to serve others is diminished or totally gone, I imagine. 
Absolutely. Well, and you know, the Bible gives us the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you know, that, that self-control aspect is so important because with self-control also comes the idea of obedience and obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, that's what, that's what the Bible tells us. And I think it's first or second Samuel that our God considers our obedience to be even greater than sacrifice because obedience is a form of sacrifice. And so if I'm not willing to take care of this physical body, well, then I'm not going to have, there's a good chance I'm not going to have discipline in any of the other areas of my life. I'm not going to be regularly in the scripture. I'm not going to be feeling like praying. I'm not going to be serving because you know what? If I'm tired and lethargic and my brain is fuzzy because of the way that the, the sugar and the things that I'm eating are affecting me uh, physiologically, well, the word isn't going to be as important to me. I'm going to have a harder time talking to God because I'm going to be sluggish and I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to feel like being around other Christians in fellowship because I'm going to be embarrassed and I'm not going to feel good in my own skin. And then I'm not going to feel like serving because it's work, right? I don't want to, if I don't, if I'm not going to spend 45 minutes on the treadmill, I'm definitely not going to go spend 45 minutes you know, uh, at that outreach event or helping pack backpacks or doing whatever the church is doing. So I'm going to find myself sitting in the dark by myself, a perfect target for the enemy more yeah. and more. Yeah. So how would you encourage, what would you, how do you, so if there's anybody out there listening, which I'm sure there is that are struggling with this and trying to find out how they can get this discipline or this routine into their lives, what would you, how do you suggest they, they start? Well, you know, the first thing that I have found is you have to bring it to Jesus. Mm. And I was hoping you'd start there. <laughs> well, yeah. you have to be serious, though. It, it cannot just be a casual, oh, Lord, I do know that I need help in this. All right, thank you. No, it has to be a moment. You have to have a breakthrough moment where you, where you make that decision to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of living this way. I can't and won't keep doing this. And I'm willing to make a change. I'm willing to take the next step of transformation. You know, we've talked about the four qualities of discipleship. The first one is initiative. The second one is a desire to learn. The third one is a willingness to obey. And the fourth one is consistency. Well, this is part of our discipleship. We have to take the initiative with Jesus and ask him to forgive us for our sin because that's what it's been up to this point. It's been sin. We've been acting outside of the plan and purpose of God for our life. And then after we acknowledge our sin, we have to repent and turn back to him, which means learning how to do the right things and then being willing to obey those things and then being consistent in doing those things. And if we're willing to do all four of those, we're going to have success. One of the offers that I would put out personally is uh, I am currently developing something called Half the Man. And it's, uh, it's actually, I'm, I'm actually working on a, a book that uh, about my process and about what I've experienced and just through my whole life of, of struggling with weight, even as a younger child and some of the, the mental things that I went through with that. And then how I found success in this area through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if anybody would be interested in, in hearing more about that or, you know, just having somebody to encourage them or help offer them some, some, some coaching. Uh, I'd be happy to, to talk. You can find me on Facebook, Tanner Payton, or you can email me at tannerpayton at gmail.com. This is something I'm very passionate about, and I would love to help anybody uh, to, to take some healthy step forward. Yeah, I think it's a, 
Thank you for offering that. That's because I think when you said half the man, you almost need to be, well, in your case, it was become half the man you were to become a complete man. It's, it's funny the way you take away to become full. And that's, that's, that was your story. That was your process. And, and I know you personally, and I know you are much more the man you want to be and the man that God has created you to be because of your dedication, your decided, your decision to, you know, to become the man that God created you to be. And, and you are an inspiration to others. I know it to your church, people who know you that you've come so far and uh, uh, you've inspired me because your dedication is, I mean, I feel weak compared to what you're doing. I can't not resist some of those things, but, um, but, you know, we're each on our own journey. So it's, it's well, and it's, it's always funny because we watch shows like the biggest loser and we're like, wow, isn't that impressive? You know, what's impressive to me. What's impressive to me is the person that can walk into a, a church dinner, have one plate of food and a brownie and go home. <laughs> like, I just can't even wrap my head around how somebody does that. Because I'm five plates in and eating half the dessert table but before I walk out of that place. So impressive to me is willpower to just be able to say, I'll have a little and walk away from the table. I think that's the, the biggest testimony anybody can have. Yeah. So, yeah, so each one is on our own journey and uh, this mission-focused life, whether it's the struggles that we're having with, with weight or our health or our emotional, mental states. Uh, it's, it's always a process that we're working on that we're trying to improve. But I think the, the key to what you said, and I remembered your words that you gave us a couple of weeks ago about turning it over to Jesus. And uh, so this last week during our humanitarian aid drives and things like that, uh, that's the way we started the thing. It says, we're giving this whole thing to Jesus. And you know, in Jesus' name, we're proclaiming that you know his power is going to be within this entire event and everything went so smoothly so whether it's orchestrating a shoe drive or turning over your health to you got to do it in in jesus name and and give all glory to him and um, you're a testimony to to that you know what one last thought on this if our physical health is not on mission it cuts short the rest of the mission. And I don't think we think, I don't think we really give that enough attention, but if I'm not giving my physical health the best that I can, then I'm going to cut this mission that God has given me to live by five, 10, 20 years. Cause my body's not going to last long enough to see it fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that is a good way to end it Tanner. I just want to thank you for, for everything you've done for, uh, for me personally, for the Mission Network, for um, this Mission Focus Life podcast, I appreciate you being on and leading this discussion on on physical health and the importance of it and how it affects our spiritual health. So, until next time, just I want to say thank you for joining us here on Mission Focus Life and uh, stay good. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <music>